WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. 88.9 Impact Radio. Hey guys, it's Hanny. Uh, it's 7 o'clock on Tuesday and time for Exposure. Kicking off our show for tonight, we have Zach from Spartans for Medical Marijuana here to raise a little awareness. So if you guys want to call in at any point and talk to him, our number is 1517-432-3893. Hey, Zach, what's up? Not a whole lot. Thank you for having me on. Of course. So uh, tell us a little bit about this organization. Well, um, this organization has just started this year, and um, it's our goal to promote uh, and inform the MSU community about Proposal 1, which is on the uh, November 4th ballot this year, which allows for the legalization for medical marijuana. Uh, I first had the opportunity to find out about this um, ballot initiative last year when Diane Byram came to the MSU Bioethics Society meeting. And uh, at that time, I created a Facebook group kind of just for Michigan students all across the state to get involved and um, uh, show their support for medical marijuana. And uh, about a month ago, I was contacted by um, someone who's associated with the Michigan Coalition for Compassionate Care, which is the statewide group who's organizing this. And uh, at that time, I signed on as an intern, and I've just been busy getting this group organized. Jeez, how many people are have joined so far? Like, how popular has this gotten? Um, we've had a couple meetings so far down at The Rock, and um, at our last meeting we had about 23 people, and uh, we're continually growing. Uh, we've been mainly using Facebook as a method to uh, get organized. Good way. And uh, we've passed out uh, about 3,000 flyers or so, so uh, we're definitely out there spreading the word. It's pretty cool. Um, what made you want to get involved with this in the first place? Um, well, aside from the bioethics uh, meeting, my mother has multiple sclerosis, which is one of the diseases that could be potentially treated with medical marijuana. Um, so I know what it's like to have to see someone who's like constantly facing a disease, and a, you know it's a constant battle. And that's one of the, the major things about this out there is there's real people with real illnesses who are really in pain that can benefit from this. What I know of like. I've heard of HIV AIDS being, you know, using this and like muscular dystrophy, but what other diseases often use marijuana as a method? Um, there's a, a full list of uh, diseases that are uh, covered like really in depth on the uh, Michigan Coalition's website. It's stoparrestingpatients.org. Um, it's mainly for chronic debilitating illnesses uh, like multiple sclerosis, glaucoma, wasting disease, um, epilepsy, and a couple other type of things. As opposed to like other medications, what benefits does marijuana have for the patients? Um, there's a couple unique uh, properties that make medical or uh, make marijuana usefully therapeutically. Um, the chemicals in marijuana that have a therapeutic effect are called cannabinoids, and there's about 60 unique compounds found in marijuana that uh, give these effects. Um, so. Uh, you know, versus Marinol, which is like a oral synthetic analog of marijuana that is currently being prescribed. Um, that's only one of the 60 chemical compounds. So by using the actual plant itself, you're able to get the full uh, spectrum of coverage. And also for other uh, diseases like people going through chemotherapy, for instance, they suffer from really bad nausea. And uh, if you're nauseous, you can't exactly swallow a pill because you're just going to you know, puke it back up. So just the delivery system of smoking versus taking is much better for patients with that. How do you feel like this has been like received by the public? Like when you tell people about this organization, what is like a typical reaction that you get? Uh, the, the reactions have been um, all over the place, depending upon where we've decided to pass out flyers. Uh, um, during Welcome Week at nighttime, you get a, a couple people on the streets who are, you know, just looking to start fights. But I, I feel like during the day, most of the people have been pretty receptive um, to it. And when they've taken the time to, like, really, like, look at it and see all the, you know, benefits and the protections against, you know, recreational use and uh, just the whole package that everyone's been really optimistic. And one of the reasons that Michigan was picked to actually have this, um, this year was in a March 2008 poll, 67% of Michigan voters said that they would support medical marijuana. Oh, really? And um, that's also reflected five cities in Michigan currently have uh, 
legalized medical marijuana laws, uh, Detroit, Flint, uh, Ferndale, uh, Traverse City, and somewhere else that slipped my mind, Ann Arbor. Oh, so they've already passed laws there? They've already passed laws, and um, that kind of brings me to the a common question that people bring up is, isn't it still going to be against federal law? So even though those cities have legalized it for medical use, on a state level, it's still legal, and on a federal level. But 99% of medical or 99% of marijuana arrests are made on the state and local level. So passing this would effectively make it uh, much easier for patients to have access to that. That's very cool. Um, how would doctors go about like, or how do they go about so far like prescribing this without? Um. Right now, I guess it's if it is happening at all, it's definitely more of like an informal system where patients, you know, being open and honest with their doctor about how they're how they're trying to treat it. But uh, what the system calls for is um, doctors um, would uh, make a diagnosis that someone has a you know disease that could potentially merit this, and the patient was interested in doing it. And unlike the California system where they have like dispensaries and all that thing. Um, all those types of systems in place. Uh, this just calls for allowing patients to cultivate their own. So, um, what was it? Dispense reasoning. Dispensaries. Or dispensaries. So in California, you get like a prescription, and you can take that prescription to like a certain clinic, and then they give you uh, your prescription there. And versus this, where you do it all at home by yourself. Oh, okay. Um, what kind of events do you guys like do to? Do you just mainly do stuff like at the Rock, or like, do you guys like hold protests or? Um, we're currently planning a couple different events. Uh, we've mainly just been flyering and just trying to get flyers in the hands of all our members and just encouraging them to distribute them within their own social networks and places that they hang out. Um, a couple events that we do have coming up are the uh, I Vote concert, which is going to be at the Breslin on November 25th, I believe. And also, we're going to have a float in the MSU Homecoming Parade on October 3rd. So, what's the float going to look like? Uh, you know, we've still got uh, still got to get Designs that back from our progress. design artists. But um, <laughs> you guys have design artists. Oh yeah, we're we're, uh, we're in high gear for this election. But um, uh, probably something just pretty simple. It's mainly just about you know passing out the flyers like along the parade route, making people aware. Do. Yeah, a lot of people aren't even aware that it's on the ballot, so just uh, letting them know that has been really important and getting people registered to vote if they are supporters and things like that. I have heard a lot, actually, about it lately, as opposed to, like, even in the last year. So it's definitely growing, especially around the area. Yeah, it's a lot of work to get um, to get on the ballot. When I first heard, uh, heard about it a year ago, they were still in the process of collecting the signatures, and I went out and did that at the time, and I kind of... Didn't hear back for a while. I wasn't sure if they got it, and then I um, got an email saying they'd done it. So that's uh, kind of when I got back involved again with it. So did you like recruit any of your friends to do this too, or is it just basically? Um, a lot of my friends are in the group, and they've brought other people, and I've also just had people, you know, come out of the woodwork, and they've just been really excited about it and want to help out in whatever way that they can. It's very very cool. How do you feel that like the different like government parties are taking to this um i haven't really had any like uh you know it's not been like a partisan type issue i think since this is more of a you know an individual issue on its own and it's just about being compassionate and allowing doctors and patients to make decisions without fear of arrest you know to use the medicine of their choice that um, this kind of like transcends that, so I really haven't seen like a divide between Republicans or Democrats who are you know opposed or in favor or anything like that. So, do your your does your family like when you told them you were starting this organization? How did they react? Uh, my family's always been really supportive of everything that I've done, so they were you know happy that I've done it. My mom is uh, you know really happy that I would you know do something, especially since people with her illness you know can benefit from this type of thing. Do you find the majority of people would prefer to use marijuana as medical, like, for their diseases? Um, I'm, that's a, a good question. I haven't, per se, talked to, um, you know, a lot of the patients myself. Um, they have other people associated with the campaign who are doing that. I'm mainly just organizing on campus. But um, 
you know, there's interviews from where they've done this in other states and things like that, and you can just see that, you know, these people have, like, tables full of bottles just set out, and they're saying that they've taken all these in a month, and you just can't believe that they're able to fit that many pills in their body just for pain and, you know, all the other things that they're going through. So I just think that um, if you're sick and you're a patient, then you should have the choice of whatever medicine um, you, you want to use. When it gets to a certain point, sometimes it's just about making your body feel better, too. Absolutely. How is it? Is it, like, growing a lot around the country, like around the United States? Has this become, like, more popular? Um, Twelve other states have already actually passed medical marijuana laws. Oh, really? Um, uh, California is uh, probably one of the most notable ones. Yeah. So Michigan's in a unique position because we can look at what's worked and what hasn't worked in other states and kind of learn from that. Uh, Michigan would be the first Midwest state to allow it, and... Um, it would also be the second largest state right behind California. Oh, really? So, um, you know, we're in a, a great position, and uh, a majority of voters approve it, so hopefully it'll get passed uh, this November. So you think that it def- like there's a good chance then? Oh, there's there's definitely a good chance. I mean, there's a, you know, they monitor this on a national level to see, you know, where the different... Uh, you know, interests are, and Michigan was selected because uh, it has a high uh, likelihood of being passed here, and people have been really receptive to it. It's very cool. Um, once, if it does say get passed, then what happens to the organization? Do you guys just like like our work here is done, kind of thing, or? Um, I'm not entirely sure what would happen to the organization. Uh, you know, we might possibly pursue other things, but we'll have to take a look at that. Um, post-election we're just really focused on the election right now have you had any other experiences like organizing things like this before i mean it's kind of hard to just start on your own like that um i've done a lot of uh community organizing and i've uh, i was a chair of the bioethics um society last year which is oh, how so we had that environment yeah the old pro <laughs> so i've done this before and i mean you can plan it out and do everything hypothetically is what you want, but it's really just about getting out there and telling people what it's all about and engaging them. Do you find that because our campus is so big and so diverse that it's made it easier for you, or do you think, like, with a smaller, like, closer-knit campus, it would have been easier to recruit more people? I mean, there's... Um, as far as thousand of us, as far as there is a definitely a large population here, um, we're hoping we've got a pretty diverse membership and we're asking them to like take things to their dorms, to where they work, um, other groups that they're in. So we're trying to spread the word however we can, wherever we can. So, um, I mean, definitely on a smaller campus, you're gonna be able to saturate, you know, be able to saturate it. But I think since we also have so many people here, that's just more people that we can get to go to the polls also. So. That's an advantage that we have. Have you received any support from, like, professors around the campus? Um, We're currently talking with a couple of professors right now who have, um, you know, either throughout their lectures or in their own personal topics uh, that our members have identified as being, you know, pro-medical marijuana. So we're trying to line them up as speakers right now and hopefully have uh, an event where they could come in or maybe a type of rally at the Capitol building. We're kind of just exploring and Seeing we're letting all our, our members come up with whatever ideas that they want to do. So, Have you painted the rock yet? Uh, we have not yet painted the rock yet. So we were going to, but it was uh, on September 11th and they had the whole nice September 11th display up there, so we didn't want to mess with that. Yeah, that was probably a good move <laughs> on your part. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add about it? or? Um, I'd just like to encourage everyone to check out the website. It's stoparrestingpatients.org. Um, uh, you can look us up on Facebook. It's Spartans for Medical Marijuana. Uh, we have t-shirts available at Conrad's Corner. Oh, there's t-shirts, too. Um, uh, you know, feel free to contact us. We're looking for new members. Uh, you know, whether whatever kind of role you want to play, if you just want to come to our meetings and kind of passively support or if you're looking for a type of leadership role, you know, we're more than happy to allow people to step up and take on their own projects and just spread the word. Where do you guys typically hold your meetings at? Uh, we've just been holding our meetings uh, weekly out at the Rock, uh, right on Farm Lane outside the auditorium for right now. Um, our uh, RSO paperwork is still uh, going through, so uh, we should have that back any time, and then we'll probably start reserving some lecture halls. Uh, so you whatnot. guys aren't technically like a student organization yet? Um, no, we haven't, we haven't been, uh, we're just waiting on the final paperwork. We've been in talks with the, uh, student life office, so. Yeah, well, I'm sure you guys will get there. Most definitely. Well, very cool. Thank you for coming and talking to us today.
Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right, guys. This has been Zach. If you want to check it out, uh, give him that website one more time. StopArrestingPatients.org. Okay, thank you. Um, up next, we should have some people in from ASMSU, so keep tuned into Impact, and we'll see you in a little bit. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now... Back to Exposure. 89 FM. Hey, guys, it's Impact, and we're back. We are with the guys from, and girl, from ASMSU. We're going to talk a little bit about iVote and the concert coming up. Hey, guys. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Mike Weber. I'm the Student Assembly Chairperson for ASMSU. And I'm Kyle Dysars, and I'm the Student Assembly Vice Chair for External Affairs. And I'm Morgan Green, and I'm the Director of Event Planning for ASMSU. Well, thanks for coming today. Um, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about, like, the student government and, like, your organization? Well, sure. I guess I can take that one. Um, the student government is split into um, two assemblies. There's academic assembly, um, which deals with academic issues um, related to student um, grade policies and syllabus and things like that. And there's also um, the student assembly, which uh, the three of us are a part of. I mean, we deal, we've been dealing increasingly with more programming aspects because we think that's something the students enjoy. Um, and um, because we have the resource to do so. And so iVote is going to be one of our first um, big events um, that we're throwing. So, Is this the first year for the iVote? Uh, this is the first year that we've put it on. It's um, one of the biggest concerts that has ever been thrown um, at Michigan State University, and it's one of the only ones in the Big Ten that we know about. So, uh, You guys want to tell me a little bit about what actually like iVote is? It is a civic engagement and voter registration concert. Um, it's a way, I think, to draw students' attention there um, for those who are interested in in maybe the certain bands that are, are going to be coming. Um, but at the same time, it allows uh, them to have the opportunity to get involved within our community here um, or elsewhere. Um, so um, as Mike said, it's supposed to be, it's well, I think, a one-of-a-kind event that hasn't happened here before, and uh, it should be uh, very, very successful in the end. How are you guys expecting, like, you know, any number of how many people are going to be there? Um, we have around 9,000 seats. It's going to be um, at the Breslin Center. So, so far, tickets have been going extremely well. Um, and so we're hoping for maximum capacity there. I saw something about the, um, there's an RSO fair that's going on, like, prior to the concert. What's what's that all about? That's the, the voter registration aspect uh, of the concert. Um, the... The student groups are going to be competing to see who who can register the most students to vote, um, and and that group that that does would uh, would then be rewarded uh, in, in some way. But um, it also gives us those student RSOs the opportunity to promote their their student group and, and allow uh, students who are interested in those groups to get involved with them. What kind of prizes are they going to win? Or you guys can't like disclose that yet. Uh, no, we we can. Uh, the University Gov Affairs. Uh, d- uh, has donated a suite uh, to a basketball game oh, really? uh, for that winning group. So cool. they'll get to sit up there for one of the basketball games. What kind of student organizations are coming? Like the majority of them? Or? <laughs> well, there's a there's a lot of student yeah. groups, um, and 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 unfortunately, because of the Breslin, we can only house um, around 35 uh, groups. So um, I think the we t- had to come on go on a first first come first serve basis. Uh, but there's a wide variety, I think, when you look at the list uh, as to who will be represented. I saw something also about um, Make a Difference campaign. What is that about? 
Uh, Make a Difference campaign is basically, we're calling it the person who's a Spartan hero. We're going to be um, awarding someone who has made a significant difference here in the community and then um, will actually be presented on stage um, and talk about what they did and um, that aspect of how they helped out the community and stuff. And then um, for those that are interested, then we'll be able to receive more information on how they can get involved in their community, kind of take a rise in the community and help out. Is it going to be a student that's being elected to that, or yes, in the community? Yes. How can you? Is it? Can you still like sign somebody up or nominate somebody? No, actually, um, as of Monday, the winner has been chosen, so that person has been notified, and um, we're working on the process of getting all their things together and presenting them at the concert. Cool. So the concert—that's pretty exciting. I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Um, are there still tickets available? Is it all sold out yet? Uh, yes, there's still tickets. Um, available at the Breslin Center. However, the students need to remember to bring um, their ID in order to get them in. There's one per ID or one per person per ID. So, cool. Um, who are the musical guests that are going to be performing? Um, we actually have an opener called The Builders and the Butchers, and then we're having um, co-headlining. It's going to be brand new, as well as um, Nas will be there, it's and like then we'll also have other special guests that are coming. It's diverse. Did you guys, like, schedule the different two just so like, you bring, like, a more diverse group of people into it? Yeah, we wanted to get two sides of the spectrum um, musical-wise so that we're not targeting just um, one group or, you know, some students, but actually kind of target a wide variety. So we've been collaborating, and this took a long time to figure out the two artists that would, you know, play off of each other and as well as bring a diverse group. So... This is the two bands that we decided on. How long have you guys been organizing this for? A long, long time. A long time. <laughs> Too long. Uh, yeah, um, it's gone all the way back to last spring. Really, oh, this really? was in the works, um, and really has has picked up in the summer, and then obviously really picked up here in the fall. How did the idea like come about? It came about in a, a conversation. Um, in a, the Gov Affairs Department and organization, they were talking. They normally do an advocacy um, event each year, and this came up as an idea of something since it was going to be an election year um, to really start promoting voter registration. Uh, it came up in a conversation, was an idea. Um, that idea then just rolled, uh, kept rolling and rolling until it became, I think, what it is today, and it's evolved, I think, into something uh, that's going to be extremely huge for this campus. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um can you give any information about, I know there's going to be like celebrity MC and celebrity guest speakers. Are you guys keeping that under wraps? Right now we have to. We're working on the finalizing of the contracts, and so we don't want to say a name and then, you know, false expectations. So we're working on it, and we do have, you know, a couple people that are lined up, um, a couple of local celebrities as well as um, some bigger celebrities that will be coming and doing guest appearances and MCing and everything. Are you guys all going to go to the concert too? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll be working frantically backstage. <laughs> oh, what are you guys going to actually do there? You have to like work while you're backstage and stuff? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, Morgan and I especially are kind of the overseers, and, and Mike will be of, of stuff going on backstage, and Mike will be taking care of kind of the overseeing stuff uh, that's taking place all throughout the Breslin. So. Do you get to meet like celebrities and bands and stuff? We can sneak in there. Possibly. Because <laughs> I would probably try, I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. I really uh, I would love to be backstage there. Um how many people are in like involved in ASMSU? There's roughly um, there's roughly uh, thirty pr- people that can be involved per assembly, so roughly sixty. And then there's vol- there's also um, separate boards um, that um, kind of get together to hand money back to student groups to do programming. Um, so I'd say roughly a hundred people. Oh, that's wow! That's actually a pretty big number. Have you guys been doing this for a long time, or is this like? Um, I've I've been involved in this. Um, this is my second um, year, and last year I was a representative for the College of Social Science and Student Assembly, and then this past year I was um, elected as the chairperson. So, How about you guys? this is my second year, uh, and last year I was a staff member in Gov- governmental affairs department, and then ran for this position. And then my position was actually new last um, spring semester in January, so I applied for this position and been going with it ever since. Do you guys, like, obviously you probably encourage students to get involved in this kind of thing. What kind of benefits do you think you've gotten so far from working with, like, the student government, just for yourselves or in general? 
the experience. I mean, I, I could go out and I've done internships before, and I, I've still learned more. I think here because it's so hand, hands on, and you're in charge of of so much, and really are involved. And so the, you can't get any other experience. I think like it, um, especially as a college student. Yeah, well, I think it's a unique experience as well, simply because um, it kind you know you can make it um, what you can make what you want out of it. Um, We've come up with quite a few big initiatives this year. iVote's obviously the biggest one that we're working on, we're gonna, but we're going to be working on some others as well. And so, um, you know, we, when you get a good group of people like we have, um, there's definitely potential to do a lot of big things. So, what are some of the other like like projects you guys tackle and stuff you do? Like, is there anything you do like yearly, or is it like new stuff like this all the time? Um, we actually also do the student tailgate, which is another big project that. Um, we are in charge of, and then also there's funding board, which will sponsor different groups and help them with um, whatever events that they would see necessary to. What's involved in the student tailgate? Um, it's basically really working with the university, um, working with the Michigan State Police, working with um, recycling, landscape services, pretty much all the inner workings in Michigan State to ensure that area for the students um, right there at the tennis courts to make sure for the students who want to go out there um, and tailgate that they do have a student tailgate and the opportunity to go. It's pretty cool. I do love tailgating. <laughs> um, so that's you guys over by the tennis court fun? Yes. Yeah. And you're there all the time for the games? Every single weekend yeah. that we have a home game. Season tickets and everything? No? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I've oh my gosh, I die without my season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had them for all four years. So I've that's always what, loved football. That's what makes fall look worth, worth looking forward to. So. Yeah, back in high school, this is not cool at all, but I was in marching band. And um, <laughs> I was always real big on football. So Same here. I know how, you go, how that feels or how that goes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been cool, especially since we've been doing so well this year. But yeah, so you guys, like, have you, um, how have the tailgate's been going so far this year? We've had a really good turnout this year. Um, a lot of students are coming, and it's really, it's more about like the Spartan spirit. And you can see the students who, who are coming to tailgate really want to, you know, express their Spartan spirit and for the football. And it's really, I mean, it's it's been fun. It's been crazy. One game we had a beautiful day. The next day it was raining, you know, oh pouring down rain, and we still had students out there, Did you, you know, tailgating all the way through. And it, it was it was a little. And crazy, I'm not going to lie, I did not make it to that game. <laughs> we yeah, had a but. decent turnout, I think, bigger than I think we expected for it, for how much it was raining. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a fun time out there. I'm sure. I mean, sometimes rain makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do stuff for the basketball games as well, or anything for any of the other sports? Not so much? <laughs> no, we primarily just focus on... I mean, the tailgate's big. It's it's oh, yeah. huge on sure. that aspect, so we haven't really pushed the limits anywhere else. Can anyone just show up, any of the students? You don't need to buy any kind of pass or anything, or you just come? Um, if you just want to come, um, yes, but then if you had a vehicle, it'd be something. What's parking like for that? Probably not so good, huh? Um, actually, we have DPPS out there, the oh, really? Michigan State Police, so they actually direct students where to park, so it's not just some, like, hey, wire and just everyone, you know, parking wherever they see them. So they actually have it pretty, you know, set up um, to a T, and they've been doing it now for 13 years, one guy's been out there for, so he knows how to park them and how to get them in there, so it works out good. Is it students and adults alike? Like, to, can students bring their parents out there or not so much? Is it primarily focused on, the like, the teens? It's yeah, it's primarily a student um, uh, tailgate. The students are the ones that have to buy the passes. Sometimes people, obviously, students bring their parents over there. But it, when if, I mean, if you just walk into that over the area, you'll notice that it's primarily students. Cause, yeah, a lot of people know about yeah. the tennis courts for tailgates and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so do you recommend that other students get involved in ASMSU? Uh, definitely. Definitely. Um, We've uh, we've we've been trying over the past few years to get more and more interest um, in the student government um, because you know the more input we have from students um, and the more perspectives we have, the more in touch we we are with the students and we can do things that benefit them and that they want to see. So we definitely encourage more involvement. And we do have some um, open seats um, every year um, for certain colleges. Um, so we definitely encourage people to um, get in, get in contact with us if they would like to join. So. Do you find that you get members from, like, different walks of life, like, all different variety and, like... Because I feel like our campus is really, like... Like, we were going out to, I don't know, just walking down Grand River the other day, me and my friends and my roommates, and we were commenting on how it's so cool, like, on our campus that you can, like, walk out your front door and just see, like, 
five different people from five totally different places and stuff like that. So do you think that like sitting, you know, in the chairs and stuff like that, you guys have so many different types of people? Absolutely. I mean, if you ever are at a meeting and you can hear uh, us assembly members, you know, debating about a certain issue or uh, whatever it may be, you can always uh, see the the diverse, I guess, uh, input the different students have toward one this the same thing. They, everyone brings uh, their own uh, aspect to the table, which is, like you said, really unique. And I think it really does reflect uh, uh, the diversity of this campus. Is there a lot of debating that goes on? <laughs> <laughs> depends depends on the issue, I guess. Very interesting. You, I mean, it's really interesting, kind of just sitting back. And I'm not—I don't have a chair position, so I can just sit there and watch. But they really get involved in the university and find out about the different things that are going on in the university. You kind of get like an inside, you know, guide to it, and it's really interesting to see the different issues and how much ASMSU is, you know, takes part of it and is actually taking an active role in it. So there's probably a lot of issues. I'm sure that I never would have thought of without like sitting and listening to what other people had to say. So that's pretty cool, actually. I never really thought about it like that. What are some of like the issues that you guys typically deal with? It really, de I mean, it depends. Uh, student assembly, obviously, academic assembly deals mainly with academic uh, aspects. Student assembly will do will do with um, numerous uh, policy things. If there is something maybe going on at the state legislature and um, our organization decides that someone wants to pass a bill that you know takes a stance on one thing or another to help lobby for that, that's something that a bill that could be passed. Um, obviously, f financial aspects of how. Uh, organization can can spend uh, the students' money on what would be best for them uh, is another topic uh, usually comes up. Uh, so yeah, am I missing anything, Mike? Uh, we uh, well, I guess one of the thing one of the bills that I can think of right now that we passed last year was um, to kind of make the flow easier into Spartan Stadium for the football games. Um, for some of the games, the the students there was such a massive amount of them that students were getting in. You know, after at the end of the first quarter, people were still yeah. You know what? I actually didn't notice into, that this year. It was like easier yeah. to get in. So someone uh, wrote a bill about that last year. Um, and we kind of we sat with down with the athletic department, and we were able to figure out um, with them ways to um, get the um, get students through the gates quicker and more effectively. So, have you seen any like have you seen a lot of bills being passed since you've been? Yeah, le last year we passed roughly 80, 80 bills um, to to do policy things and work on things for students. One other um, thing that we did pass last year was um, we talked to the university about salting in the winter time because uh, some some aspects, like especially Wilson Road over here, are not salted as well as uh, some of the more main areas like Grand River, and so um, it can be dangerous for students walking and riding yeah, their bikes. Yeah, a person uh, who knows some experience, I slip and fall probably more than anybody you've ever met in your entire life. I'm talking like books flying, glasses flying. Like, <laughs> I go down a lot, so I would like to see that happen. Yeah. Something else that we're kind of focusing on now, too, and just kind of is in the works of odd, but obviously it is, uh, we've been hearing some concerns from our students, is uh, the, the possible change of Welcome Week, and so we're look in the process of, of working on that and looking into that and, and trying to take the best stance, I think, for the students in regards to that aspect. What would it be changed to, a full week? Or... No, it was no. the shortened week that they're talking about is having students move in on Wednesday instead of Monday. Um, freshmen, anyone who's moving into the dorm rooms. Oh, they're going to shorten it. They want to. How come? <laughs> Issues of just the welcome week in general, the persona, the, you know. The, the craziness. Yeah, the bit. stereotype of welcome week. I think the university is trying to, I don't know, get rid of that image, but there's also, you know, faults in what they're trying, you know. There's good and bad to each side, so. Yeah, it is a little bit different, because this year I moved into my apartment on, um, I didn't get to move until Friday, so really I only had Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, and classes started on Monday, so it was kind of a different feel, but I didn't really mind it. It was kind of nice. I wasn't just, like, wandering around aimlessly on campus wondering what to do during the days and stuff. <laughs> kind of had to get my stuff done, so that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it definitely has, I think, its positives and negatives, that, uh, as does any change um, with anything. And so I think that's what I think we're in the process of looking into and seeing what really is the best for students and making sure that their voices are heard uh, to the administration. Sounds very cool. Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about, the iVote or anything like that? We do want to mention one thing about the, the iVote concert, which is pretty exciting, is um, uh, we do ha have been working with both uh, the McCain and Obama campaign 
uh, pretty closely, and it worked its way up once we passed the idea along. It went up to their national campaigns and uh, was looked at, and uh, we've been working with them on getting uh, celebrity speakers there to speak about each campaign on their behalf, and we have the time allotted for it within the concert, uh, as well as possibly uh, uh, maybe even a, a surprise uh, a video from both the senators as well. We'll uh, see about that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That would be very cool. Um, and I think just a, other, just a few other things is that um, for those who are coming to the concert, it is Thursday, September 25th, and we'll have the doors open at 6 p.m., um, and then the actual show will start at 7 p.m., um, and we'll also be doing at that time, too, as well as, um, you know, encouraging students to register to vote, but also um, be having a raffle drawing for any of those who are interested with um, for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So, um, What does that entail? Um, it will just be a raffle, and then um, for those students that want to, you know, be part of the raffle drawing, then we'll also have prize packages that we will be um, giving out throughout the entire concert, so they can purchase any raffle tickets if, for those who need to, want to. Oh, cool. So lots of prizes and lots of music, so it's something that could be checked out. Do you guys have a website that anybody can go to for more information? Uh, yeah, for more information, um, you can visit the website if you want to at um, www.asmsu.msu.edu. All right, well, thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. No us. problem. All right, uh, coming up after the break, we are going to have Sharon Lang from the Old Town Blues Fest talking to us, so keep on tuning in to Impact Radio. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Eighty-eight point nine Impact Radio. Hi guys, we're back, and this is Sharon Lang from uh, talking to us about the Old Town Blues Fest. Hi, Amy. It's great. Thanks for having me on to talk to the student body. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. Okay, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about the festival? Yeah, you know, I'd love to because I think what happens um, is that, you know, campus becomes an entity of its own. And I definitely know you guys have a lot of phenomenal things going on at MSU, but you're a really important part of the Lansing community as a whole. And uh, this coming weekend, both Friday and Saturday nights, we have an outstanding uh, music festival going on in Old Town, and we'd love to get the word out to students to, uh, you know, get together and grab a couple of friends and come down and check out all the live entertainment we have. Uh, where is the festival actually located at? You know, explode out of the corner of Turner Street and Grand River in Old Town. They actually shut down the road. Oh, wow. And put up, yeah, you know, it's huge. It's great. Um, they three live stages and music will be going on for hours. Uh, we literally have 16 live bands performing. Oh, wow. Uh, three stages, uh, food vendors, craft vendors, uh, you know, you a beverage tent, you know, for those of you who, you know, that may interest. And also, though, you know, lots of space. Even on the streets, people will bring lawn chairs. Uh, there are chairs available and just sort of open them up and pop a squat on the sidewalk and check out the great music. So it's just kind of a first come, first serve, like grab a bite to eat, listen to music kind of thing? 
Yeah, you know, it does. It goes on both, you know, Friday it starts at 4 o'clock. There is a happy hour and free beverage tent admittance between 4 and 6. So our first band will kick off during that happy hour time. We're going to have live broadcast coverage from local TV stations and radio stations. And, uh, you know, starting right away with that first band, we expect, you know, fifteen to 20,000 people over oh, the wow. two days. Yeah, oh, my gosh. It's, it's fabulous, you know, and not, not everyone has either taken the chance to come down and check it out. Um, and, you know, it wraps up by 1230, so there's still lots of time to maybe slide from Old Town to downtown or base campus for Friday and Saturday night activities. Um, but, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of chairs that are put up in front of each stage and it's kind of cool because we have a north end and a south end and just throughout all of Friday and all of Saturday every hour on the hour the the, uh, stages just volley back and forth and there's a live band they finish up they throw it down to the south side another band starts up and then they bump it back and uh, it really is pretty cool so there's multiple stages then correct Yep, there's two live stages right set up on Turner Street, and there's actually a third um, that showcases some really cool blues guitar workshops. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone's familiar with, I'm sure they are, but downtown on Thursday nights, Mike Scorey does Scorioke at the Exchange. He will be down there doing blues Scorioke. He's got some amateurs that are going to be singing some blues for a couple hours on Saturday night. And so there actually is three stages that have live something going on. In addition to blues movies that we run, we have on site um, a building that we're running movies out of, so you can catch a free movie um, and do lots of other things. What kind of movies do you guys run? They're blues ones, uh, you know, in keeping with the theme. Um, one of them is called Ten Days Out, Blues from the Backroads. Another is uh, Eric Clapton's Crossroad Guitar Festival 2007. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so, you know, one of the workshops is um, a blues workshop and then contemporary blues drumming. So there are lots of different things outside of just the live music that will be going on constantly um, in and around and with the food and that sort of thing. What's the uh, lineup look like for this year? Is there anybody like that big blues fans would recognize and get excited about, that kind of thing? You know, what's really neat about what... Old Town does, and they do the Blues Fest, and this is complimentary to the Jazz Fest, which happens earlier on in the summer in August, you know, but this one certainly has a wider range, more eclectic group that come in and listen. Um, it reach more, you know, reaches more listeners, I think, because a lot of blues tends to be really cool rock, too, and they get a little funky, and there's a lot of guitar and a lot of good stuff, and it tends to, you know, lend to more dancing and a more partying atmosphere, and so what, what Old Town has always tried to do is balance local talent. So, you know, we've got Frog in the Beef Tones, which everybody is familiar with. Right. Um, you know, and then also regional, we've got some bands coming out of Kalamazoo, and then national. And so, you know, um, the likes of those Delta Rhythm Kings, they've been around for 20 years and are absolutely just high energy. Um, we've got Blue Scorioke going on, and, you know, Mike Scorey is a great local legend. Frog in the Beef Tones, like I said, who everybody's really familiar with. They've been playing forever. Um, George Bedard and the Kingpins are a really super high-energy guitar riff kind of a band. Um, Josh Boyd and the VIP band um, finishes up uh, late into the night, Saturday night. They're really high-energy, funky, dance-type blues and rock. J.R. Clark is a band out of Chicago, or um, sorry, Kalamazoo. Um, that's a really high-pumping, rocking blues band. Kathleen and the Blues Junkies. Um, she's sort of like the Lansing's blues diva, um, is really well-known and has played around with a lot of great musicians, and uh, so one of our homegrown. We actually have a Grammy winner this year. Oh, really? Yeah, Mad Cat and Kane are a duo that are just phenomenally talented, like up-and-rising legends, um, and so that duo is going to be playing, and Mad Cat actually is going to be doing some really cool workshop stuff on one of the stages with Harmonica, and uh, Marble Garden is another case. Zoo band um, that's really funky. Um, Stan Bedard in the third degree is a blues brawl winner from 2005. So we have some bands that have actually won really prestigious awards in places in the blues community. The Alligators um, have been around and they've got a whole lot of attitude they throw out. And, um, you know, the Delta Rhythm Kings, which are another, you know, long standing, well known blues band. So there aren't 
there aren't any link wi- or uh, weak links. You know, everybody really is. It sounds like you guys like try to cover all your bases as far as like talent, and f- like different locations and different levels of music and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know, and it's really, it just doesn't stop, which is what we really like. The fact that you can come down and it doesn't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday or if it's 6 o'clock Friday night or if you slide in for happy hour at 4 on Friday, you know, there's always really great, really high-energy, crowd-pleasing music. And uh, it just keeps going constantly. So it's it's well worth coming down and checking out because there's just a ton going on. Definitely sounds like fun, something that I would like to come check out. Um, I've heard a lot, actually, about like the vendors and the shopping and the food down there. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, they try to do a really good cross-section of different flavors. So, you know, a bit of an ethnic alley. So you can pick up a little bit of this and that. It's not just, you know, typical pizza stands everywhere. You know, you have an opportunity to try different types of foods. Um, and we're real sort of choosy about those vendors that we have come in and do that for us. And then likewise with the crafts and things, a lot of original work, um, you know, some really cool handcrafted scents and oils, um, you know, clothing, hand-on art and that sort of thing that's unique. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're really trying to keep it interesting and something different to allow people an opportunity to, you know, to walk around and you know, get something to eat and do a little bit of shopping and always have music in the background. Sounds like, do you guys have, like, stuff for, like, the whole family? Like, do you recommend that, like, you know, whole families with kids and everything come down? Or is it geared more towards adults or students or just for everyone? You know, everyone, you know, certainly there's a line, you know, toward the evening because we literally go until 1230 at night, both nights. Um, our last bands tend to end out on stage, depending on the crowd and the energy and, you know, who's dancing and, and keep it going. But, you know, certainly nobody's going to have kids out that late. But early on, the fact that we have the streets shut off and, you know, it's just a free flow of people. A lot of the Old Town businesses stay open late to accommodate. So it's a great chance if you haven't shopped Old Town before and checked out the really cool galleries and the stores that they have to just wander in and out um, and, and really get to know Old Town. It's gorgeous, and they've done a lot with it to bring it back to life, and it's something that Lansing should really be proud of. And, you know, I know I'm a mom of five. Oh, geez. And I know <laughs> during the day, you know, my kids range from 8 to 13, and it's really cool, and you have to check it out online and get more information about it. It's it's very doable for a family to bring kids out during the day and, and expose them to the experience of live music in a safe environment and the fact that people, you know, plop their lawn chairs out or their camp chairs on the streets. Um, it's not all rowdy. But then, you know, it changes, you know, toward the evening and later into the hours. You know, it definitely becomes in years past and even with Jazz Fest a really fun younger crowd. It's a great place to meet people, to do something different than, you know, what you normally might do on a Friday night or, you know, try something a little bit new and experience Lansing and really take advantage of the different things that our town has to offer. And what we're proud of, too, is that this is put on by a nonprofit organization um, that really promotes the art of music and they promote, you know, the galleries and different things that happen in Old Town. So it's, it's a wonderful thing that we certainly would promote people of all ages and, like I said, certainly the college population because you guys are a very important part of our community and it'd be great, uh, you know, to invite you and have you come down and experience everything that we offer outside of campus. I know that when I was younger, uh, my parents exposed me to music very, very young and gave me, like, a great appreciation, like, just seeing live music from, you know, age, I think, like, five, I went to my very first concert and... um, just going out and stuff like that and seeing live music is still just such like a great like love for me and like I love doing stuff like that so to like expose your kids to something like that at such a young age is like definitely something I think all parents could like should consider doing yeah, and you know, that's an awesome point, and it's really hard to do because typically live bands are out at night in the bar, and it's not, you know, a good safe place to go unless you pick up a concert or do something like that, and this is really a great chance for families who do have kids or teenagers or even kids in band or who are thinking about putting together a garage band or even college students, you know, who are playing some music on the side to be able to go and check out some great artists and really get that live experience 
in in under the, in this kind of circumstance or under these conditions is is just really cool and it does help you appreciate you know typically you know there might be people back there listening and going yeah you know blues is for old people or you know <laughs> we're not into it I get it I was there I was you guys once but um you know this really blues specifically is a really fluid genre of music that can be really cool and really high energy and they typically have great horns and really cool guitar riffs and the musicians are wonderful and uh, you know it's it's definitely worth checking out on a you know normal September Friday and Saturday um, I think that it's something blues music is something that you can have a totally different experience as if you're like listening to it on a CD than if you came to like see it live and like the energy involved in it well and you know a lot of times blues musicians they live it and they have an attitude our two headliners um, Friday night at 9 o'clock Sherry Williams is going to be playing and she's out of um, Saginaw and she literally is just a powerful powerful woman she grew up in the projects of Saginaw but everyone in her family were just infused with music her grandma and her aunt were jazz singers her dad was in jazz and gospel Um, her brother and her mother were both gospel singers and so she just grew up in the world of really soulful she transfers that into her gift and talent now and so when you do listen and and like you said with the blues I agree again completely with what you're saying you know you really feel it and they put their heart into it it's a it's an art and you know Saturday night our headliner is Carl Weathersby and you know you just if you go visit the website which is um, www. OldTownBluesFest.com. You can pull up all of the details on these different bands and artists, and you look at his picture, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that guy knows." You know, <laughs> he just—he looks like that guy who just absolutely—he's out of Jackson, Mississippi. He's been doing it for decades, and he just—he owns it. You know, it's what the blues—he exemplifies what the blues is. And so, you know, even if it might be a type of music that you typically wouldn't, you know, plop in, you know, or listen to your iPod with. Uh, you know, it's worth just, uh, you know, grabbing a few people and heading down just to go, all right, you know, I can appreciate this for a few hours or for a couple of nights. This is really cool. You know, I'm not going to do a healthy dose of it all the time, but, man, those guys can play. And, uh, you know, that's what music's all about. It's it's cool. Sounds very cool. What were the um, workshops that you mentioned? What Like, what goes on with those? Well, we have a separate, it's called the River Stage. It's down right off of the Grand River by the vendors. And they have, um, like Friday between 5.30 and 8.30, the Capital Area Blues Society puts on a guitar showcase. So they'll have a range of different artists going up and talking and interacting and, and demonstrating, you know, blues guitar techniques and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I had said we have the, the movies going on at the same time. Saturday between 2 and 3, our Grammy winner, um, Mad Cat, will be there doing a harmonica workshop. And kids are, you know, definitely invited to participate in that. He's just a virtuoso on the mouth harp and does some amazing, amazing things in the industry. And so he'll be up there, you know, with the mic, interacting with the crowd, you know, creating an element of education with it and helping draw people into the experience of the music, not just performing. And so, you know, those are a couple of, I, you know, uh, I guess examples of what's going on down there. And, you know, we have at one point um, a works book, um, work songs leading to the blues. And so they're going to discuss in one of the buildings downtown some of the aspects about, you know, the history of the blues and that sort of thing and in the movie showcasing that. So, you know, more than just a great time and great music, but just sort of an immersion in that culture, too, and an experience and more to do with that genre of music, um, you know, and it's, it's, they've been doing it a long time. It's been around for a while. It's a well-oiled machine. Literally hundreds of volunteers work really hard to put this together and to make sure that it's a safe, really energetic, positive place, and uh, they do a great job. Yeah, I'm sure it takes, like, 
a lot of people to set this up. Does it take a long time to put this all together, or is it? Yeah, you know, we'll start setting up on Thursday night. They'll start blocking down the streets and bringing in the stage equipment and that sort of thing. We're absolutely delighted that the sun's going to be shining and the weather's going to be gorgeous. Oh, that's good. I was going to ask about that too, as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it feels sunny in seventy-five in September. You know, I don't know who ordered the weather or who was on that committee, but they deserve you know a great <laughs> round of applause for that because it just turned out perfect. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it's just going to be a great September day. And so, um, you know, we'll start setting up. And then um, Friday morning we do a great blues brunch to thank our sponsors. The mayor is going to be downtown addressing everyone and thanking them for their support of the community and the arts and the blues fest itself. And then we just absolutely kick off into music. It's going to be great. Is there any ever like opportunities for anybody to meet any of the um, the performers? Do they ever come out and like hang out with the crowd or anything like that? Yeah, you know, even for something like this, because there's so many people and there's so many live acts, we actually have a green room um, off Turner Street where the musicians hang out, so they have their own space and, and can do that. I'm in charge of publicity, and so I have a media lounge where, you know, different personalities from TV, radio, and newspaper can come, and, uh, you know, we can arrange backstage-type passes and interviews with artists and that sort of thing and VIP passes. And so, you know, if anybody's interested in that kind of thing, certainly I'm going to be around in the media lounge, and any committee member could direct them to me. My name's Sharon Lang, and, you know, I, I'd be all about... Sharon, sorry, you cut out a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Taking people back who are interested and, uh, you know, seeing what I could do and, and, you know, talking to them about the event. We always have opportunities for volunteers, and we need just a slew of people who range. I know some of the... um, Broadcasters and participate or participants with your station will be working in our bath tent Friday night, which is phenomenal. And, and a lot of media people, such as yourself, just absolutely make this happen. You know, because it is nonprofit, we really rely on the community to get behind us and not just to come check it out, but to volunteer their time. And you know, I'm a volunteer, and we do a lot of our our energy and our talent goes into this and people like you guys and the radio station other radio stations and television stations and things who value the Lansing community and want to talk about something positive that's happening in our local world is just beyond um, I guess compare you just can't put a price on how fortunate we are that you know, you're out there promoting this and and spending time on your airline to talk about good stuff and, uh, you know, rallying people behind supporting our, our Lansing area. It's great. We're always all about the music. <laughs> but yeah. um, do you find that you get main people that just come back every year, like the veterans that just return to the Blues Fest every year just to come see the acts and everything? Yeah, there's a huge, the Capital Area Blues Society um, is an organization that does a great job. They help us to line up our acts and that sort of thing. And I think you find that with any genre of music where you, you know, have those deadheads that follow the bands around and it's it's their music and they love it. And, you know, there are, I think, like 23 different jazz, or, uh, blues festivals throughout the state in, during the summer months. So, I mean, it's it's been around a long time and it really is a, is a tasty, flavorful genre. And so, you know, there are those people who just dig the blues, they love it, they come down and listen to it, and they keep bringing more and more people back every year. And that's the case with this. I mean, it started out with like two or 3,000 people was all um, back in 94, and now we're, you know, expecting 20,000 and, and continuing to grow and looking at ways to really use this as a tool to draw more people in from other universities, from other towns, and, and even from other states to take notice of what Lansing has to offer and, uh, you know, keep coming back every year and checking us out and becoming a really cool premier event in the state. I know it has become very popular. Like, I've definitely heard of it before. Well, I hope that, you know, if anybody's listening or as you talk to your friends and fellow classmates and that sort of thing, or even, you know, people from other campuses that can slide down and hang out for the weekend, 
to, uh, you know, convince them just to check it out, you know, come down for a couple of hours, and uh, I think everyone would be pleasantly surprised if they gave it a chance and, uh, you know, experienced it a little bit and, and got involved in the crowd and saw what a really great, cool, positive thing that it is. Definitely a good opportunity to broaden Musical Horizons. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Old Town, too, is awesome. I know, you know, you tend to sort of hang to your t- tight to your place, but uh, they've done great things, and Old Town's a beautiful place. The buildings are phenomenal. They're really doing a great job, and, uh, you know, the the businesses are phenomenal that are around there, and so just to, you know, take some time in and around the bands and that sort of thing to peruse the stores and to check it out and, you know, great little shops and coffee shops and things like that that you can check out is really neat. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for talking to us today about this. You're welcome. I, you know, it's absolutely our pleasure to be on and to know that, you know, the next generation's coming up and are de- devoted and dedicated to helping promote their community and uh, do whatever they can, certainly in the realm of music, too. It's an honor for us to have you include us. So thank you. Anytime. Well, hopefully I will make a stop by down the festival, and uh, good luck with everything for the weekend. Thank you. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up Exposure for tonight. Thank you to all the guests, uh, Zach from Spartans for Medical Marijuana, the guys from ASMSU, and to Sharon Lang for the Old Town Blues Fest. Um, keep on tuning into Impact right now because Torch and Twang is up next. And have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.